0: Hello, my name is Tim Schwartz, and welcome to the Life After Blindness podcast. This week, we have an all-new Because of My Blindness story brought to us by Celeste. She'll be telling us about her appreciation of the history of video games. Next up, I'll be finishing my interview with Randy Rusnak. This week, we're talking about his accessible thermostat. And finally, this week, I'll be speaking with the two developers from App Ally named Nick Barbado and Lee Hobbs. They will be telling us about a new app they have developed called Haboodle, which actually includes several games in one. All this and more coming up on episode 22 of the Life After Blindness podcast, where your journey continues right now. Hello again, everyone. I am your host, Tim Schwartz, and I want to thank you all so much for joining me once again here on Life After Blindness. If you're new to the show, this is the podcast where we are dedicated to the exploration of an enabled life with blindness. What this means is whether you are totally blind, partially sighted, or even are fully sighted, but maybe you're just interested to know more about blindness or know someone in your life who's blind, this is the podcast for you. We talk about technology, whether it's something developed by mainstream tech companies or developed by specialist tech companies specifically for the blind. We talk about fitness, apps, games, sports. I even conduct interviews with people who are blind or people that are just connected to the blindness community, whether it's individuals or companies that are doing things uh, within the blindness community, people with inspiring stories, people that can talk about coping with vision loss or how they were able to get back into the workforce. Basically, if it somehow involves the blind and visually impaired community, we're going to do our best to talk about it right here on the Life After Blindness podcast. If you have any questions or comments for me about the show or anything else, please send me an email. Tim at LifeAfterBlindness.com is the address. And if you'd like to check out the show notes for this episode, you can visit the website by going to LifeAfterBlindness.com slash 22. That's LifeAfterBlindness.com slash 22. Now, regular listeners to the show know that I like to kick it off with a segment called Because of My Blindness. I started this segment way back several months ago by asking you guys, the listeners, to submit your stories about your blindness. And I wanted something that was inspirational, something that maybe would have never otherwise happened to you had you not lost your vision or had been blind even since birth, but something that just inspired you or changed your life. Uh, a chance meeting or something like that. But in recent weeks, I've been talking about expanding this a little bit because I want to hear more stories, not just inspirational, but want to your funny stories, silly stories, maybe even dramatic stories, something that maybe even touched you uh, you know, in an emotional way, could be very happy, could be very sad, but something that still has stuck with you and ultimately maybe has inspired you or changed your life but something that has really stuck with you. So I want to have you guys submit those stories to me uh, by email. Of course, you can send those to Tim at lifeafterblindness.com, either as an audio file like my uh, guest this week did through the Serotalk app or Serotex app on the iPhone, or just record something with your smartphone or on your computer and attach that to an email. Or if you'd rather just type out the story in the body of the email and I will be sure to read that for you here right on the podcast. Now, this week's Because of My Blindness story is sent in by Celeste. Now, quite honestly, Celeste and her email to me could have really taken her submission a number of different ways. Celeste has done cross-country skiing. She's performed in the Special Olympics. She's a singer. She's been in choirs. Uh, she's a black belt in karate, actually. She's completed college. So many different things that she could have talked with us about in her recording. However, what she chose to submit in her audio recording was the chance that she's been given to go back and study the history of of video games as you'll hear in just a moment this is important to her because as she grew up with her older brother that was something that they were able to connect with each other on was playing video games and of course that was lost over time with her vision loss and so she's had an opportunity to study the history of games that maybe she wouldn't have done otherwise so let's take a moment then to listen to this week's because of my blindness story from celeste
1: Hello, Tim, and to all the listeners of Life After Blindness, my name is Celeste. I'm 33 years old, and technically I've been blind since birth, though I was actually visually impaired for most of my life. I was born premature and developed retinopathy of prematurity. And one of the things I enjoyed growing up was playing video games. My brother got in. My older brother got into playing video games when uh, he was about six years old, and I was three. And uh, short time after that, I you know I wanted to do the things my brother was doing, and that was one thing we were able to do together. I had a lot of fun, and it was it was a great way to um, pass the time either with friends or with my brother or just even by myself. That is until I had a retina detachment in 2010 that took the rest of my eyesight. I have missed playing, being able to play video games. I didn't really notice how much I missed it until I was out of college and had more time on my hands. And noticed in March of 2017, how much I really missed it. I felt kind of sad about it. But I decided to go on to YouTube using my iPhone. I looked up a lot of the music that I enjoy, you know, that from different video games that I played growing up. Because I really did enjoy a lot of the music in them. And... Uh, being someone who learned to play piano by ear. There were points throughout my childhood when I would hear the video game music and pick it out on the keyboard and play it back. And I remember making audio cassette tapes of myself playing some of these tunes. It was really cool uh, what I used to do. And I brought back all of the memories, just hearing the music from the games brought back all the memories of playing them. I could actually visualize the games in my head. As I continued to explore and search around, I found myself learning about the history of not only games I played growing up, but just video games in general. It's been very interesting to learn about um, the origins of, like, where Mario came from, uh, just video games in general, and it's amazing looking at where videos have gone from the mid-70s up to today and looking at it in contrast with how other technology has evolved, how we've gone from a computer taking up an entire building to having the computer fit in the palm of your hand in the form of a smartphone. And what's really been amazing as far as I am concerned is, well, I may not be able to sit down and just play a video game at my own leisure anymore. I can call up an Iowa agent and have my glasses on with a video game popped into my favorite console. I have Super Nintendo, Nintendo 64, and PlayStation 2, which is backwards compatible with PlayStation, so I can play PlayStation or PlayStation 2 games, and I have done this a little bit. I haven't gotten to do it very much because I've been busy with other things, but I can uh, call up an agent, tell them to describe to me what they see on the screen, and since I know the way out of my, you know, game controller, gaming controllers, and Most of the games I play, I did play back when I could see, so that gives me kind of an idea of where to go from there, and they can tell me what's on the screen. So technically, I can still play with the help of an Iowa agent. It's been really interesting to learn about, um, you know, to get more so educated on something, on a a past time of mine during my childhood, And had I not lost what little bit of vision I had, I would probably be spending more time playing video games than going online and educating myself about their history and other things. So because of my blindness, I probably know more than I would have ever known about video games. And it goes to show you that just because you can't see to do a visual activity with your sighted friends or siblings doesn't mean you can't learn about it in other ways. It can make for some interesting conversations. And it has certainly enriched my life and allowed me to still enjoy something that I enjoyed as a kid in a different way.
0: Celeste, thank you so very much again for sharing with all of us your Because of My Blindness story. Now, before I move into the news, I just wanted to take a brief moment here to mention that one of my New Year's resolutions in 2018 was to put out new content every single week. And for a couple weeks there, a few weeks, I I was actually doing that, uh, getting a podcast out each week or a spotlight interview. And last week, unfortunately, you guys might have noticed I did miss the episode. Now, Most of it was recorded and ready to go, but unfortunately, I did something to my foot and was unable to hobble in and out of the office enough to just get everything completed. So I just did want to let everybody know that going forward, I'm going to do my best to get new episodes or some sort of new content out each and every week, whether it's an episode like this or a spotlight interview with someone or some other sort of walkthrough or demonstration. I'll do my very best to put those out going forward. I also do want to mention that I share quite a bit of blindness-related news as well as inspirational stories on social media. You can find me on Facebook and Twitter just simply by going to lifeafterblindness.com Twitter or lifeafterblindness.com Facebook. Or if you're within either of those apps, you can find it under the handle at LabCast. That's L-A-B-C-A-S-T. And now here are just a few of those headlines from the blindness community. First up this week, our friends over at Ira put on a pretty amazing demonstration of their service over the weekend by offering a described experience of the Super Bowl. The experience wasn't just limited to Irish subscribers, it actually was open and available for free to anyone that was able to connect via either their webcast on their website, a YouTube live feed, a Facebook live feed, as well as a conference call number that you could contact with a special code to listen in to this actual Live IRA demonstration. From 6 p.m. Eastern Time up through 10 30 p.m. Eastern Time, you were able to utilize one of these four options to listen into an actual live IRA conversation between an IRA agent and IRA employee and explorer, Greg Stilson. Now Greg Stilson was there at the game along the 20-yard line or so, and had the IRA agent describe to him the pregame ceremonies, the entire game commercials that they saw as they were appearing on television and then of course any post-game ceremonies and personally I feel it was really helpful to have that audio description of the halftime show if nothing else. Ira did a really fantastic job with this and hopefully they'll be encouraged to do more of these things going forward. Next up Apple has finally begun taking pre-orders for their new device called the Apple HomePod. You can now go ahead and pre-order that device. It will be available to purchase outright by February 9th. Now, I don't believe that they are marketing this as an exact rival for your Amazon Echo or Google Home devices. This is something that they actually say that they have had in development since before those other devices came out, and they are marketing this more as a high-end speaker device with, I think, Siri more is an afterthought. Now, hopefully, this is something that they will work on more and build Siri more into it using skills or apps like the Amazon Echo and Google Home do. But right now, because of the price point being at $349, it's more of a competitor to your higher-end Sonos speakers than it is for Google and Amazon But we'll see. Hopefully, over time, maybe that price can come down and the ability of the device as a home virtual assistant like Amazon and Google's devices will make this something that will be a direct competitor to those other devices. A really big development has just occurred this past weekend in the world of specialist tech developed for the blind. The long-awaited Orbit Braille Reader has finally been launched. Now, what makes this Braille Reader a little bit more interesting and something that a lot of people have been waiting for a long time is that it's very small, it's compact, probably about the size of a VHS tape, it's lightweight, it does offer 20 Braille cells, and it sells for just $449 US. So, this is something that I know a lot of people have been looking forward to for a very, very long time. Hopefully, now people can get their hands on it and give it a try. They are limiting the orders to two per customer. And finally, at CES last month in Las Vegas, there was really big news as it relates to the OrCam MyEye 2. This is a specialist type of tech for the blind that allows a mini camera to attach to any pair of eyeglasses and then allows the user to read text or identify faces, or just attributes of a person's face. This does sell for $4,500, but at CES last month, it did win the Last Gadget Standing Award. This is really big news for something like this that's a specialist tech for the blind when it comes to winning an award at such a major mainstream technology event. Next up, I'd like to share with you an interview that I did recently with two developers from a new app development company called App Ally. They've just released A app for the iPhone called Haboodle that incorporates several different games into one app. Now, at the time of the interview, the newest game, the sixth game, hadn't yet been released. But now, at the time of the release of this episode, the new Trivia Trail game has been added to Haboodle. And I'm here to tell you, it's really, really addicting. You do have to answer questions up alongside a timer, and uh, it can definitely get Really interesting. So here's my interview with Nick and Lee from App Ally. This week I am joined by two developers from a new game company that is developing apps for the iPhone called App Ally. They've recently released a game called Haboodle available on iOS now, has, uh, at this time, five different games that you can play. So joining me are Lee Hobbs and Nick Barbado. Nick, Lee, welcome to the podcast.
2: Hey, Tim. Hey, thanks, Tim. Great to be here. Thanks.
0: So first, let's take a step back a little bit, because Nick, some people may be familiar with your work from a previous app that you developed uh, called Dice World, correct? Uh,
2: Yeah, that's right. That's been out for four or five years now, I think. Still going, still got uh, users playing daily.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Still going strong. And I know definitely a popular game amongst the uh, blind and visually impaired community, Dice World is, is definitely one of those standards when people ask, hey, what game should I play? Dice World usually is one of the first one that comes up. So, so we're very happy and appreciative that uh, you've developed that. And now you've joined Lee to develop this new game, Haboodle. Tell me about how that happened, guys. Uh, how, how did you come together on this?
2: Well, so I was working on, or I still work on Dice World to maintain it, but the plan was always to create a portal of games. I mean, um, so that's kind of where the idea for Haboodle came about. But my partner and the other company simply didn't have time to devote to it. Um, He's still got a full-time job and uh, just other commitments. So I decided if I'm going to make this happen, I'm going to split off, started a new company, uh, joined up with Lee, and we are going full time with the new company and finally getting this vision of having a complete portal with many different games in it and social interaction created and released to the blind and sighted community so uh, everybody can play together. So that's kind of, been the, kind of been the thought since the beginning and a few weeks ago we finally released the very first version and we're hoping to uh, hoping it catches on so we can keep adding games to it and keep it going for a long time
0: absolutely that's that's definitely a good goal and uh, the games that are in there so far are definitely fun and and uh, you know can keep you playing so you know as you guys keep developing it and adding more I think that will definitely be good um, Lee so uh, both of you of course are cited if the people didn't know that both of you are cited so Lee you came on to this uh, after obviously uh, Nick's success with dice world and came into this project uh, fresh so w- what is the uh, background for each of you about developing and and getting into uh developing apps for for uh for the phones
3: nick and i actually have known each other for probably over 20 20 years i guess we we're in each other's weddings we've been buddies for for quite a while and we actually met at a it consulting company i've obviously known what nick's been working on and and uh i i've been bouncing from cubicle to cubicle for the last <laughs> 20 years and yeah he uh presented this opportunity and i was i was more than ready to Get out of the box
0: absolutely yeah, kind
3: of drives our entire drives our entire
2: motivation is the fear of going back to a cubicle and the hatred for that uh, consulting world
0: <laughs> i completely understand absolutely that's a lot of why i like doing the podcasts <laughs> yep. so it's um, good motivation absolutely absolutely it is all right, so you guys get together uh, and want to put together an app with games that's basically a portal, like you said, Nick, a uh, portal to have multiple different games available for not just blind and visually impaired, of course, but for sighted as well, because as we talked about before we uh, started here, uh, Dice World has a large, I think you said 70% uh, sighted following. So uh, so of course, you are well aware that you know this can be made for not just sighted people, but to include the blind and visually impaired as well. So uh, talk to me about the development of Haboodle and uh, what you've put into the game.
2: Well, I mean, the thing that's different about Haboodle is this one had accessibility in mind since we started. With Dice World, we kind of stumbled upon accessibility due to some user feedback, and then put, just learned everything there was to learn about it, tried to keep improving it and making it better. With Haboodle, we just started saying, this is going to be a fully accessible game, but I mean, we want everybody to enjoy it. Between testing with voiceover, Lee here uh, had his first experience with voiceover when he first started. And uh, he's like, how the hell do they do this? You wouldn't believe how completely efficient uh, these the blind players are with voiceover. It's amazing. I can't even, I don't know about you, but there's a lot of them out there that uh, play with I think the speed all the way up to 100%, and I can't even understand it. It's very impressive, and it's great that it's just uh, Apple keeps improving it, and voiceover is getting better with every release. So we're just trying to keep up and uh, keep up with new features when they release them and also make it enjoyable for sighted people and hopefully bring people together. So, I mean, like, that was uh, one of the things with Dice World is people are playing their family who they haven't talked to in a long time. You can chat with them. And that's why we kind of brought into Haboodle there's a social chat rooms where you can create groups, um, the public forums and get your questions answered, stuff like that. all these different ideas that we've had forever and never been able to implement we're finally able to do it and it's uh, I don't know it's kind of fun now we're at the very beginning of it and uh, we have all these ideas we just need time to do it
0: now the first Few games that you guys have included in Haboodle, uh, five specifically so far. There's some word games, uh, blackjack, as well as a uh, video poker, uh, slot type game. Uh, what what kind of process went into making the decision to, to put those particular games in, or was it just because they they you know m- were easier ones to to implement, or what what went into that process?
2: Well, the word search, we wanted something that. People could play against each other, and that one turned out to be uh, just a mountain of work with all the timing back and forth with the multiplayer stuff. I'm not sure why we really started with the word search one. We just got into it and kept going. And uh, I think we thought
3: it might be simple. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then when, once at some point we decided we wanted to have live games where you could actually go against each other in, li- in real time, and that's that's when things got really hairy. But I mean, it works
2: now. It was just a. Uh, took up a lot of time. So that was the main game. That's why it came out first. There was a game called Word War, um, which is still out there on the App Store, which that's one of the games within Haboodle. Um, We released that by itself in the beginning so we could work out a lot of the bugs and get everything dialed in with the purpose of always having this one app that has a lot of different ones in it. The Blackjack and Poker was something that I worked on back in the day. So, I mean, they're pretty simple, but they're fun. They're addicting. I'm addicted to the poker game.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm absolutely the... addicted to the poker game. Yep.
2: <laughs> Someday I'll get the Royal. And then the Word Builder is uh, a game made on a different platform, and we found a way to integrate that into our portal. And that's uh, the same game as, I don't know, I think there's another one out there called Word Cookies, maybe, or Word Connect. Um, but none of them are accessible. So we found a way to make those accessible as well through some help uh, from a different developer.
0: Yeah, I was going to have you explain that just a little bit because obviously, you know, the video poker is pretty self-explanatory. Blackjack, again, pretty self-explanatory the uh the the word search uh you know you can do of course as a, a single player or play against people and, and challenge for times and things like that so again fairly simple to explain explain the the other couple of games in there uh for people who might not be familiar with how that works so the w- word builder and, and the battle cats game
2: well the battle cats and word war are the pretty much the same game it's just we created one with uh, it's got Cats that shoot laser out of their eyes to blow up the letters <laughs> and has cat sounds because we thought it was funny.
0: Absolutely, yeah.
2: <laughs> That's about the only rationalization for the Battle
3: cat. That was more of a self-indulgence. <laughs> we were trying to appease the cat crowd, but really we were having more fun just creating it.
0: All right, so so basically you've set it up where these games can be, again, single-player or be competitive against other players. Talk to me about how that works in, in the social system. You touched on it a little bit, but uh, you can interact and, and chat with other players in the game.
2: Right, so there's a, there's tabs along the bottom of the game, and one of the tabs is a, a social tab, and that takes you into an area where you can either chat one-on-one with people or join a group chat, and there's also a public forum where you can everybody can be on there at the same time and it kind of makes it nice for us because they can ask questions in there and either we can answer it or another user who has come across the same thing can answer it. And it saves them from having to email us and try to get an answer through the support channel.
0: Sure. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. And then we, then the plan is to uh, have more public forums. Once we get more users and there's different topics that people want to maybe convene on, we can create more public groups out there, but just try to keep everybody talking to each other and that's kind of why on the main page there's the activity feed that shows you what's going on with people that are not only on your friend list or are leaders for the day kind of try to give it like uh, the facebook wall kind of feel where you can just see what's going on see who's got the best score for the day And that's what i end up trying to do uh, in poker is try to beat the best hand which doesn't happen a lot
0: No, unfortunately, it doesn't. So as part of that activities tab, you were talking about being able to see other people's high scores or their achievements that they've done through the day. Some of those people may be people that you are friends with. Some are just people that are playing the game. And you can, of course, maybe become friends with those people. Uh, Part of that system, which I I really like the idea of this, because, of course, uh, like Dice World, you do have to use coins and earn coins as you play. And those coins are able to be used throughout all the different games. But in the activities tab, you can actually what you call, I think, grats somebody else or congrats somebody else to uh, to help them with achievements. Talk to me about that.
2: Yeah, that was just uh, an idea to get people to look at their feed. And if somebody got a good hand, then you uh, give them a grats and it'll send a notification to them and up their grat count, which uh, is an ongoing thing. So you'll have them for the day and then your the life of your user, you'll uh, see how many grats you got. It's a useless little thing, but it's fun. And then it's uh, part of the notification. If your phone's off and you get a grass, you'll get a, a funny cat sound.
0: <laughs> <laughs> ah, is that why i been getting those? I wasn't quite sure what I was getting those for. Okay.
3: Oh, were you getting those? Yeah, that's a
0: very hopefully nice. makes
3: you laugh like it makes us laugh.
0: <laughs> Giggle like a little kid. Yep, yeah, absolutely.
3: Now, moving forward, talking about the activity page, we're gonna kind of we're gonna implement daily rewards and maybe set out some different things that the, you'll see on the activity page of ways of earning gold or or different you know goal setting kind of things for for within the games
2: yeah so like the top
3: leaders in each game
2: will get awarded for the day that kind of stuff that's uh, in the works right now
0: yeah i can see that being uh definitely something compelling for uh, players to have so they can be not only just sharing what they're doing each day but actually competing against each other even more directly and, and trying to win awards for that and not just being, you know, getting the grats for it. So yeah, I think that that would be something that would be very popular to add. So we've talked about all the games that are in there currently. I know I read somewhere, maybe I, maybe I just thought I read this somewhere that you have plans to continuing adding games to this portal type game, uh, or this portal app. And that I read correctly one game a month. Is that right?
2: That's what we're shooting for right now. We have another one that, uh, should drop pretty soon. We've just got a little more work to do on it. I mean, yeah, that's, that's the plan, is one a month. We would like to pull off more, but, I mean, everything ends up taking longer than you think.
0: Anything you can tell me about uh, any upcoming games or anything you're working on?
2: Well, the next one I can tell you. The next one is a trivia game. That'll be in there soon, and we are trying to figure out the one that's going to follow afterwards. We get a lot of different requests. So we've got, like, a list of games to choose from. Our main concern is getting something in there that is actually two players. You can play against each other instead of just having leaderboards and stuff. So the one after trivia will hopefully have that aspect to it. We're not exactly sure what it's going to be yet.
0: Okay. Well, then first, the follow up to the trivia game uh, portion, does it follow any kind of certain uh, genre of trivia game or, or style of trivia game or just something you guys have come up on your own?
2: Uh, it's a, a standard game. I mean, you make it, it's got levels, and
3: uh, it, it, it's actually pretty hard. <laughs> it, it's timer-based where I think you get five questions, and you have a certain amount of time to, to answer all the questions correctly. Actually, it's more than five. It might be ten. And then if you miss any, you have to start back. You basically start over, it resets it. So to, to keep progressing, you got to get all the questions correct and keep redoing each round until you get it right.
0: Gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah, I think that'll be a lot of fun to play. Absolutely.
3: It's pretty frustrating, but it's fun.
0: Sure. Now, going forward, then, you said that you're looking for, of course, games that can be played socially. So, you know, two-player. Is there any type of game that's off-limits? Or or when you're looking at these submissions and requests from people, you know, pretty much anything that can fall under the category of two-player that you obviously, you know, think you can develop, uh, you, you're going to have that as a possibility? Or are there things you're saying, no, absolutely, we're, we're just... You know, there's just not a possibility of this game or that type of game.
3: I don't think we're going to close the door on anything. I think turn-based games work best for us, but but we're open to anything.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, I know there was a lot of rumblings. Oh, great. There's another another word game out there, blah, blah, blah. And people were, some people got upset. And that's not the point of our, this new app. The app, I mean, we plan on having the complete gamut of anything that might entertain somebody in So, I mean, if you don't like a certain type of game, you just don't play those ones, right? So we'll have word, uh, anything we can pull off, honestly.
0: All right, so we've talked about how the game works and all the different aspects of the game and uh, a little bit about what's coming down the pike. So obviously this is a new game. We want everybody to get out there and uh, jump on board and start playing. How can people get the game? And then if they want to get in touch with you guys or get more information uh, about App Ally, how can they do all that?
2: Well, the game right now is in the App Store. It should be easy to find, but you got to spell it right, which is A-T-U-B-O-O-D-L-E. And then our website is appa11y.com. So appa 11 ycom And then our Twitter is probably the best way we'll, to keep updated on any, uh, any updates or anything we need to, to get out to the community. Is just the at appa11y. And uh, that's about it. Not much else with us, but just a couple guys.
0: All right, Nick and Lee, well, I want to thank you guys so much for coming on the show and talking to me about Haboodle. Hopefully, we'll have a lot more to talk about as you release more games in the future. So, again, thanks so much for coming on.
2: Thank you very much, Tim. It's great talking to you. Thanks,
3: Tim. Thanks for the time.
0: It was really a whole lot of fun talking with Lee and Nick about huboodle and everything else that they're working on there at App Ally. And I'm here to tell you guys, they did give me a sneak peek off of the microphone about what's coming up with Haboodle, and the next game that they're talking about implementing sounds like a whole lot of fun. I really think people are going to have a great time with it, and if they continue putting in games like they have thus far, I really think this app is going to be something very special going forward. So Thanks again to Nick and Lee for talking with me and coming on Life After Blindness. To wrap up the show this week, I've got the last little bit of an interview that I did with Randy Rustneck. As you guys know, Randy has been on previously to talk about his ring doorbell, talked about the accessibility of Amazon Echo and how you can use it around your house with a lot of different smart home devices. And the last little bit of the interview is me talking with Randy about his Nest thermostat and how accessible that is with the actual device as well as the app. So here is my last little bit of conversation with Randy Rusnak. You have an accessible thermostat. You're using the Nest, correct?
4: Correct. Uh, Now let's just step back just for a moment. Yes, it's accessible, but, and I do not care, what people say about accessibility as far as the Nest goes, you must, unless you happen to be really, really lucky, you must have some sighted assistance to actually uh, install it. Now, what I have done in the past is I have had some Wi Fi issues, and I was able to use Be My Eyes to help me set up the thermostat but it was such a a weird thing that happened to me when the thermostat failed and I'll get into that in a minute that I needed further assistance to set it up but once it's set up and running you have total control that's the only issue and they themselves at nest understand that there's some issues that need to be done they actually need to put some talking software in there to get it up and running by a blind person and I have tweeted with them I've emailed them I was on with tech support and if for some reason that you have an issue that you can't get out of you do need some sighted assistance um, which is the only drawback Sure. Um, yeah um, but let me tell you a little bit about it once it's up and running and everything's going you have total control with your phone with your tablet or whatever it is that you want to interface with it and with our a lady cylindrical friend you can actually have her uh, turn up or turn down the thermostat or you can go into your phone switch it to cool and you can have AC control I'm telling you what that is really the coolest thing to have (laughs) Uh, with with all these devices I want to tell you ladies and gentlemen if you have Wi-Fi failure, you are done. That's the only drawback to some of these devices. And when I say you're done, you can't control them through like um, the A-lady or whatever. But you can always use your phone to control these devices. So fear not. I mean, you're you're not going to freeze to death or anything, or you're not going to boil. You just have to know how to get into your phone or tablet, whatever device that you are using, to be able to get into the software uh to get into the app and control it by hand, which you certainly can do. Um but it is really tricky to get the Wi Fi set up if you can't see because there's no <laughs> there's no verbal instructions. You you can't do it unless you have an app like uh Be Specular, uh which could kinda work, but you really need two way or FaceTime communications to uh to get it all set up.
0: It'd be a good use for something like uh, be my eyes or ira, quite honestly if you're if you're a subscriber oh, to the IRA service, that would be something yep. that'd be very helpful there as well. So yep. yeah, it sounds like I mean, like you said, the installation is a little tricky and definitely, uh, folks, like you said, even with the ring doorbell, if you're not feeling handy enough it's always good uh, good advice to go and get somebody that can help you out wise whether they're there in person or, like we said, one of these apps or services that we're talking about. Um, but you say that uh, even if the Wi-Fi goes
4: out, you still have access to the apps, and
0: the apps are still pretty accessible, right?
4: Absolutely, yep. There's no uh, cause for alarm. And tech support is always willing to help you. But one thing they cannot do is they cannot control your device so you can't you know you can't say i'll give you my password can can, can you control my device they won't do that but they'll uh, they'll assist you in any way that they can
0: that's very nice that's very good to know yeah. that they are there willing to help and that they may even understand what your limitation is and what what help you might need so that's always a good thing I want to thank Randy Rustnack once again for coming on the Life After Blindness podcast and sharing all of his smart home wisdom with us between the Ring Doorbell and the Amazon Echo, as well as this little bit about the Nest thermostat. If you want to find more with Randy Russnack, you can find him on the ACB Main Menu podcast, as well as the Apple Vis Unleashed podcast. Also, you can find him on Cooking with the Hazelnuts. You can also find Randy on social media by just searching for The Big R. That concludes episode number 22 of the Life After Blindness podcast. I want to thank you all so much again for taking the time to listen to the podcast. Again, if you have questions or comments, you can send your emails to Tim at lifeafterblindness.com. And you can check out the show notes by visiting lifeafterblindness.com slash 22. Please join me again next time as together we continue our journey to find that there truly can be a life after blindness. Take care, everybody.